Hey, welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast. My name is Pete Fletcher, and joining me as always is my good friend, Mr. John Nicholson. John, how you doing, buddy? It's uh, It was a long weekend and a late night, so I realized this morning there's no caffeine in this house, and uh, mistakes were made, but I'm going <laughs> to... Who needs caffeine, man? Who needs caffeine? Foo Fighters just came out with another new song, man. So they just released another song today called Teachers. Oh my goodness, so good. I'm I, that is my caffeine. I don't even need caffeine. So super excited. They got a new album coming out in June, uh, and boy, yeah, I know. Are we, are we doing a crossover with your music <laughs> podcast? I, I like this. I like this. I could yeah, use absolutely to wake me up. Yeah, no, no, no. You know I love the Foo Fighters, so anytime I get a, get a chance to get new Foo's, it's a good day. Uh, and, it, you know, so here's the segue for you, John. I know you always have a good segue, so I'm going to do one for this one. The name of the song is Teachers, and hey, we're going to learn. We're going to learn today uh, because we got a teacher on the line that's going to teach us about OCVS, uh, Oracle Cloud VMware Solutions. Uh, it's definitely one of the many solutions that of our, a lot of our multi-cloud customers are taking advantage of. And we are going to get all the detailed information from one of our good friends of the podcast, Mr. Jotin. Jotin, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm, going, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me here. And this is my second podcast with you guys. So it's always a pleasure to be here with, uh, with you guys. Always, always, always nice to have you. I've done some great work with you behind the scenes and uh, much respect for all the work you've been doing. So uh, always a pleasure to chat with you. So today we're talking about Oracle Cloud VMware Solution or OCVS. So let's let's set the stage. What exactly is it? Maybe we can talk at a high level sort of what the solution is and how it how it might possibly differ from some of the other cloud solutions that VMware has. And then we'll dive deeper. Absolutely. Um, so let me begin with uh, what exactly OCBS is. But before uh, doing that, uh, I'm working as a senior technical marketing architect and uh, looking after Oracle Cloud VMware solution in my current role. Uh, prior to this role, I was part of vSphere technical marketing team. And that's where we had a numerous occasions to uh, collaborate more on yeah. some of these stuff related to backups, recent file storage service, power CLI and stuff like that. Uh, when it comes to OCVS, I think uh, this is one of the uh, hyperscaler solutions like what we have as VMC on AWS, Azure VMware Service, GCV, and uh, all, all other hyperscaler solutions. Um, the common theme among all of these hyperscaler solutions is that they allow you to move your existing VMware SDDC into the public cloud infrastructure. This infrastructure can be AWS, GCP, Oracle, and that's the case uh, for the Oracle Cloud VMware solution. So OCVS allows you to essentially build and migrate your VMware workload into the Oracle Cloud infrastructure. You have the same VMware SDDC stack, which is vSphere, vSAN, NSXT. And then once you have migrated the VMware workload into the public cloud infrastructure, which is the Oracle Cloud infrastructure, you enjoy the close proximity of the cloud native services. And that's one of the uh, key, uh, I would say, value add by moving VMware workload into the public cloud infrastructure. Okay, okay. So you, we'll start with the migrate part. So when we're migrating, I assume we're talking about HCX? Yes. 
that okay. that's absolutely correct so the way it happens is the ocvs bundle comes with vSphere, vSAN, and sxt and it also include the hcx licensing uh, built into the uh, sqs as well so you basically establish a connectivity between your on-premises data center and your Oracle Cloud infrastructure. You can do it via OCI Fast Connect, which is basically a dedicated link between your on-prem data center and your public cloud infrastructure. Or you can use a widely uh, used IPsec VPN to establish the connectivity be be between these two data centers. And once that is established, you can essentially bring up your HCX appliance, create the site pair, and start the workload migration. So yes, uh, HCX is the uh, engine behind all the workload migration that uh, you do from your on-premises to your public cloud infrastructure. Well, and HCX, it's really always impressed me of what it can do for bandwidth optimization and other things as, as well as just optimize, like, because you've always had kind of long distance vMotion, but getting that to, to work at large scale, large scale orchestration, it's one thing to just kind of, you know, chunk some VMs at, a, at another cluster and say, yeah, vMotion, and they'll get there at some point, who knows, but like doing an orchestration of, I have this application that has 15 VMs. And I, I want to seed them over there and I want to replicate them and bring them up somewhat at the same time. Um, anytime you talk to a, a customer who has some type of compliance or a cab or something and they're like, well, when's the vMotion going to be done? You're like, ah, who knows, man? I'm just going <laughs> to send it. It's, you know, well, how do we calculate? Well, there's like, you know, all these maths and algebra of like memory change rates and bandwidth. And it's, you, you can, HDX is, is a much more, I guess, civilized way to, to move stuff into the cloud. And it's awesome that, you know, that's, yeah. that's available. I think one more aspect that um, why HCX is important, uh, because we are dealing with enterprise workloads and these are not tens or hundreds of workloads. They are thousands of workloads sitting in the on-premises data center. Now, if you have to do the bulk migration and if you have to do it over a period of time, and we are talking about a migration period of months or, or probably a year, you need a good uh, infrastructure that can literally predict what is the migration uh, turnover time will take to, to migrate all of these workloads. And that's where HCX uh, advanced and enterprise feature comes into the picture where they help you to essentially predict your uh, migration timeline and effectively migrate all your workloads from on-premises to the public cloud. So uh, migration is certainly one aspect, but then uh, predicting the workload migration, how much time it will take, uh, optimizing the performance of your networking between your on-premises and as well as your OCBS environment. I think that's one of the uh, key, uh, I would say, value add that HCX offers when it comes to the workload migration. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you mentioned, we're, we're talking a little bit about connectivity and bandwidth, which is, it feels like it's like a third of the design element of any, you know, hybrid cloud extension with public cloud. Um, anecdotally, I've heard that Oracle is very aggressive on bandwidth pricing. I think Zoom chose them for that reason. That's why they based over there. But um, what are some of the, the I guess, unique capabilities of, of, of OCVS? What are some of the reasons that, you know, I, I think Pat used to talk about clouds having superpowers. What are some of the more distinctive things um, that you like about the service? So there are a few things. Um... And I would like to start with the number of OCI region where OCBS services available. And you will be surprised. OCI has currently 42 regions that are currently live. And OCBS is available across all these 42 regions. Uh, I will come at a later point why is it so and how OCBS benefits from the o OCI regions that we have. But then the second aspect is, uh, unlike other public cloud provider, 
the pricing is uniform across all the OCI regions. So it doesn't matter whether you are consuming the service from India, from US, or from any other region which is, which is deployed in Europe or, or elsewhere. The pricing is uniform and it is consistent across all the infrastructure region that Oracle has. Oh, so there's, there's not like a Brazil get... or India tax is what I always called yeah. it, where whatever the tariffs no. were. I, I feel like always when you look at region pricing, I'd like, okay, that's like a couple cents. Let's go. Wait, wait, why are brazil what's going on there something like you always have these like, weird <laughs> outliers so you've got a uniform that's, pricing structure that, that's absolutely correct uh it has a consistent uniform pricing and that's where you know it gives you a very simple predictable model when it comes to cost as well as uh from from the performance point of view um now when when we talk about pricing the another important aspect is and we are talking about migration right uh if you are leveraging a service like oci fast connect it basically gives you the 10 terabyte of free uh, data migration bandwidth uh, built into your SKU itself. So there are no additional charges for initial 10, 10 terabyte. And this 10 terabyte is basically per month uh, bandwidth that you get. Nice. So each month you can basically migrate 10 terabyte of data uh, within the OCI regions and at, at, at absolutely at a zero cost. Um, oh, well, region, so region bandwidth too. That's something like it's... I think Corey Quinn had this diagram on ver some various cloud providers that showed all the different places you can get taxed on. Everyone knows about like the Hotel California. Hotel California, yeah. Outgoing <laughs> bandwidth is real expensive. But sometimes like region right. to region are like, oh, you went through an at gateway. Like that's a 10x fee. Right. Like this is networking really is so much. It's not just networking, but it's networking economics. I feel like is so much of public yes. cloud. So that's Absolutely. that's cool that you've got that that ten terabyte like which is a lot right. for most customers right. to to just move right. stuff around. Right. Well, so put it simply, uh, anything which is ingress network communication is totally free. It is totally free. There is no upper or lower cap. But anything which is egress communication, then ten terabyte per month of egress network communication is something that. OCI Fast Connect offers you then and there itself. So that's a huge huge pricing. Uh, uh, a point that you have when when picking up something like Oracle Cloud infrastructure. Yeah, and and even you know before we even talk price, I guess more importantly, I want to talk a little bit more about this actual service because it, it is a little different yes. from some of the other services. Like last week, we had on uh, Azure VMware Solutions, and we're always talking about VMware Cloud on AWS, and so those are like you know managed solutions you know whether it's vmware or whether it's uh, microsoft or even amazon doing the the management of the infrastructure what does the management look like from an ocvs perspective for customers so to begin with um, it is a customer managed solution and i will explain in detail what exactly customer managed solution is but before doing that if i have to put it what is ocvs in a very simple term then it is as simple as that you are essentially building the same vmware sdc stack on oracle cloud infrastructure you are getting rid of your data center business but while doing that you retain the complete control of your vmware sdc appliances so you have the root control over your vcenter appliance you have root control to your esxi host you have the root control of all your management appliances that you deal with when it comes to the vmware sdc and that's that's one of the uh, benefit that we give to our customer because they now have the control over the complete VMware state. Uh, they enjoy the closest native VMware experience that they have been operating in, in, in the on-premises environment. It is just that the same operational practices is now moved to the public cloud infrastructure. So customer retains the keys. Uh, they retain the root access to all the appliances. Um, 
they manage and they decide when to upgrade or not to upgrade the VMware SDDC appliance. So it is fully customer managed. Customers are responsible for managing the entire life cycle of your VMware SDDC. Now, somebody may ask why customer managed environment, right? Uh, while a vendor managed environment has its own benefit because you have certain level of automation when it comes to the patching and upgrading. But when it comes to the customer managed environment, we give you the flexibility to work with your preferred vendor when it comes to the third party solution. So for example, if you, uh, if you like vendor X, who is very good at certain job, probably uh, data protection or probably replication or backup, if that vendor is certified on vSphere platform, you can by default bring in that particular vendor and integrate their solution onto the VMware uh, SDDC, which is built into the OCBS. Because you have the root control, you can deploy and install custom VIPs that are coming from the specific vendors. So you can essentially deploy your own custom plugins, vendor plugins, and third-party solution to integrate um, those solutions with the VMware SDDC. The second aspect is um, you have the choice in terms of when to upgrade your infrastructure. So lifecycle activities are not enforced on you. You have the flexibility to decide which vSphere version to upgrade on and when to upgrade on. So you, you have the complete flexibility in terms of operating your VMware environment uh, in the Oracle Cloud VMware solution. Yeah, that's nice. That's that's nice to have that freedom to choose. You know, not everybody wants to run on the same version, so that, yes. having that freedom of choice is good. What versions are we talking? I'm I'm assuming we support a a wide range of VMware uh, solutions. Uh, I mean, uh, versions for vSphere. So when we introduced uh, OCVS service, it was in introduced with vSphere 6.5 and vSphere 6.7. Then vSphere 7 update uh, one came into the existence. But because now 6.5 and 6.7 are end of general support, so both of these versions are not currently available on OCVS. So the only version that is available as of today is vSphere 7 update 3. Uh, but having said that, um, when, when we talk about you know control, right, uh, keeping your um, root credentials with you, the another aspect that is more relatable to our administrator is bringing the same storage and security policies into the OCVS VMware environment. So for example, if you are encrypting your uh, virtual machine with something like vSphere native key provider, you can continue to do so with the Oracle Cloud VMware solution because you have the root credentials to all the appliances and you can literally use um, all the vSphere and vSyn native features that is available uh, to, to, to the on-premises environment. So that, that, that's really a value add that you get by keeping the complete control on the infrastructure. Uh, so you can actually build like a, uh, a cloud tripwire environment. It's a design, it's, you gotta be careful and mindful, understand the limitations, yes. but you could design it to where the key managers for the cluster are in your data center, the workload runs yeah. in the cloud. And if you ever need to leave there real fast, you just, kill the connection and tell the host to reboot or shut down the key key managers <laughs> and that environment you know it's it's basically ransomware at that point um like people can't recover your data so if you ever if you're ever operating in a environment where you may want to be able to rapidly leave not having your key managers in that region even potentially um allows you to unceremoniously be able to exit there's not everyone needs this. It's a very unique case, but I, I have seen some environments where they basically want that capability that the key manager isn't local. Normal people generally want to cache keys yeah. and keep them local for various reasons. But yeah. <laughs> um, there are scenarios like that in ultra compliance environments, particularly when you're operating in interesting regulatory environments that may change rapidly 
I think that's a, a nice way to say government. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you you may end up on the wrong side of very quickly. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I do want to dive a little deeper into some of these configurations or the way OCVS refers to it, uh, some of the uh, compute shapes. But before we do, one more question for you uh, in terms of support. This is a customer-supported um, configuration. We're deploying it ourselves or customer-managed. So what does that yes. mean for support, though? Where do we go for support on this? So this service is um, built and sold by Oracle. It is the Oracle which provides Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 support. Um, all the SDDC components that are built into uh, this queue are supported by Oracle, which is vCenter, vSAN, NSXT, VMware HCX, uh, ESXi. So all of these components are supported through Tier 1 to Tier 3 uh, by Oracle. Uh, in case if Oracle needs to reach out to VMware, uh, they do it uh, on behalf of you, but you don't have to uh, you know, reach out to VMware for uh, raising the support request and doing all those operational um, nitty gritties. It is the Oracle which provides you the complete support of the uh, of the entire state. Well, and, and for people who may be concerned um, that you know working with any of our, our managed uh, cloud providers or VCPP providers, that well, I'm gonna have to open a ticket with them, and then they'll have to start all over with VMware. <laughs> um, speaking of someone who used to work for a VCP provider, that's not how it works. They get to go directly to escalated support. They're going direct to escalation teams. Um, they it it is like. It's a, you know, it's a secret, but I'll admit it here. Like they kind of do get to go direct on that because um, part of their requirements is they have to maintain minimum number of certifications and things so that like we know it's probably not a level one issue when they're bothering to call us. So there is some stuff there. And so you may think like, oh, there's a level of indirection in my support experience with this. It's actually not. And because these people are supporting environments on their hardware over and over and over again, um, it's probably not a driver issue <laughs> when they have these, you know, 20,000 hosts with the same thing. So, um, right. yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I want to talk about some of the bundles and, uh, and some of the configurations that we can get for this. Cause I know there are different use cases out there that might benefit from some of the various bundles, but, um, maybe we can have the use case conversation at the same time we have some of the compute shapes conversations. So tell, tell me a little bit about what this looks like, uh, when customers are looking at the various options available for OCVS. So I would say, um, if you compare all the hyperscaler solution, then what you will find is OCVS offers you the widest range of compute specification when it comes to picking up the right ESXi host for your VMware SDDC environment. Uh, your configuration can be as small as 16 core CPU node, and it can scale up to 128 host CPU. And in between 16 to 128, you have at least seven to eight compute specifications that you can choose and, and you can deploy uh, the VMware the SDDC with. So uh, I will categorize these compute shape in two ways. The first is the dense compute. Uh, these are the compute shape that comes with locally attached NVMe storage drives. And that's why we, we are calling it, um, uh, call it, calling it um, a dense compute. Uh, these locally attached storage drive allows you to build the vSAN cluster, right? Uh, so we have two different compute shape in the dense itself. Uh, we have Intel X7, which is the Xeon uh, processor. Uh, this is the X7 processor. Uh, this processor has 768 GB of RAM and then uh, approximately 51 terabyte of NVMe locally attached storage per ESXi host. So if That's you have to think about, 
yeah, th th that's a lot. So if you have to think about the minimum cluster size, which is obviously the three node cluster, uh, with minimum three node cluster and with Intel uh, X7, you get around 122 terabyte of usable vSAN capacity. Uh, this comes with 52 core CPU count, which is, is still a significant number of compute resources. And then on the higher side, you have AMD Epic. And mind you, this is the only hyperscaler solution that currently offers the AMD Epic compute node to build your VMware SDDC environment in the public cloud infrastructure. So this is the E4 dense compute, which is the Epic third generation processor. Uh, this has two terabyte of RAM and 54 terabyte of locally attached NVMe storage. Uh, this compute shape can be deployed in uh, three form, 32 CPUs, 64 CPU, and 128 CPU. And then comes the standard compute shape. The standard compute shape, again, has Intel as well as the AMD compute shape. But the only difference is uh, the standard compute shape doesn't have the locally attached um, uh, NVMe drive. So what you have is you have the OCI block volumes to support your VMware workload to create the iSCSI data store in the VMware SDDC. So now if you have to look at the widest range of compute shape that OCVS offers, you have 16 OCPU node, and then you have 128 OCPU node. Uh, you have vSAN, you have iSCSI data store, and also you can create the NFS data store by using the OCI file storage service. So uh, it gives you quite a diverse choice of building your VMware SDDC environment. Uh, and, and this allows you to cater all type of workload, whether it is the standard workload that doesn't require so much computing power, but at the same time, it also allows you to build the environment that support the high performing compute workload that may require something like 128 OCPUs. So mm -hmm. looking at this complete picture, I think this is the solution that prov provides you the widest range of uh, compute option when it comes to picking up the right compute node for your OCVS VMware SDC. Yeah, it sounds like it. So you said that obviously it's built on vSAN for for the tradition for the storage, but there's an option for NFS that goes through uh, Oracle's yes. NFS solution. Yeah, and and if you remember um, in the beginning, I said that while you move your VMware workload to the public cloud infrastructure, you retain the same VMware tools and skill set, but you also gain the close proximity with the cloud native services. Mm. And this is the ex exact example of. Uh, matching that particular use case. Once the VMware environment is moved into OCI, uh, it can access to all the cloud native services that Oracle Cloud has to offer. Nice. So when it comes to the storage, you have OCI block volume that allows you to create iSCSI learn and export these learn on the VMware SDDC environment. So that's the iSCSI block storage volume for you. And then you also have an option to create the file file server, which is the OCI file storage service that allow you to basically export the NFS export on your VMware SDDC. So OCVS has this very, uh, very interesting uh, way of, you know, building the uh, solution where you have the vSAN, you have the iSCSI storage, and you also have the NFS. And also when you have to scale your storage resources, it is basically independent of your compute resources. Uh, if you want to add a new storage resources, or if you, want, if you want to add more capacity, you do not need to necessarily add an additional ESXi host to add to the vSAN cluster. You can simply uh, extend the iSCSI LAN or probably create the NFS file store uh -huh. and extend your VMware storage resources independently. And this basically allows you to reduce your overall uh, cost when it comes to uh, owning up the resources. If if you no longer need the computer resources, why to add an additional ESXi host? Probably you can think about uh, creating something like iSCSI volume or probably exporting the NFS uh, 
uh, storage. So it, it really depends what kind of use cases you are trying to offer. But yeah, it, it does provide flexible storage option uh, for the VMware workloads as well. And here I am frantically trying to find the VCG entry to see if it if it has VAAI support or not. But uh, I, I do love the well, this is this is something that, you know, we, and we have this with some of the other cloud providers. It's become up is that customers are like, OK, it's awesome. We've got the native HCI storage. I've got this weird use case where I just need a lot of bulk storage for something or I've got some weird data lake. And NFS is just ice because he's great. Don't get me wrong. But NFS, right. I feel like is the ultimate you know, cloud supplemental storage option just because it's so easy to attach. NFS v3, I'm pretty sure is older than you and I are at this point, like from an RFC base. <laughs> like it is just, it's, it's, it's bog. It's so simple. It's so standard and, and it works and you can use that to supplement it. So, you know, customers need choice on this. Uh, one size doesn't fit all. I mean, you, you do have data store sharing available if you're on 73, I think. Um, but there's going to be cases to where, you know, I just don't need more compute. Um, yeah. And that's that's really going to help out. And particularly if you're using some of the some GPU attached nodes or something for some weird Gen AI use case, those people tend to like large NFS, you know, data lakes for various dumping grounds or pulling uh, data in and out. Exactly. So let me also throw you one more interesting uh, number. And that number is basically eight exabyte. Um, just, just to quantify what is exabyte, uh, eight petabyte is essentially one exabyte. So one NFS export in OCI is essentially eight exabyte of capacity. So when you export an NFS... Oh, so that's ZFS behind it. I'm going to call it that's ZFS behind it. Yeah, let's see. Oracle, <laughs> exabyte, scale storage. I'm going to bet this is right. ZFS. Or ZFS, right. actually, in your part of the world. <laughs> so when you export the NFS um, data store, the data store site size is actually eight exabyte. Uh, it may sound. Oh, so they just thin weird. the whole thing, and then whatever you use. Right. Oh, that's that. That actually, and that works actually. So people may be freaking out of like, well, doesn't storage always write in a free space? Well, one actually, VAI uh, or VMFS right. doesn't. It's actually smarter than that. But NFS is sparse, and so yeah, you're right. as long as you're deploying thin VMDKs, that right. that's not going to cause problems. But that's cool because you you're not having to like oh i hit 10 i hit 50 terabytes it's I need time more. to make another data store it's time to go balance <laughs> things i need to turn on storage GRS. i need to create a data store cluster man this is a lot of storage management like nope right. just one giant endless pit of nfs mount i love it right <laughs> it is except uh, uh, 8 exabyte and you can um, um you can essentially uh, consume it based on your usable capacity so you will be only charged on the usable amount of capacity that that you are currently using so it, it's not like you will be charged for entirely eight exabyte uh, yeah. it is just the use capacity can i quote that it is there like a is there a way to cap it or is it just like that's just what you get um no the the, the default capacity itself it is eight exabyte and it's just how much you want to consume um, you can consume it so it, it's it's available to you nice. i guess you can always do your own quotas with vra or something exactly or... Yeah. Just smack Pete when he yeah. starts creating thick hundred terabyte VM <laughs> VMs or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you about disaster recovery. So, like VMware customers familiar with the DR solutions, what does it look like if I'm a multi-cloud customer, but I need to I need to make sure that my OCVS environment is safe? So, um, disaster recovery is one of the prime use case why customers are picking up OCVS and I will tell you the reason why it is so. Uh, because it gives you the complete control 
uh, it allows you to basically uh, do the multi-site deployment as well. So what it means is you can deploy a single uh, vSphere application appliance, and then you can basically point the same VMware SRM site to get the protected data from the multiple sites. So you can have the on-premises data center replicating to one of the OCVS SDDC. You can have another OCVS SDDC replicating to another OCVS SDDC. So all of those things are possible in, in the Oracle Cloud VMware solution. Now, how does it look like? So you have VMware SRM, which gets deployed on primary as well as the, um, the Oracle Cloud VMware solution. And then it is assisted by the vSphere replication appliance, which replicates the data between uh, primary as well as, between the protected as well as the recovery site. But the main point is you can do basically on-prem to OCVS or OCVS to on-prem. You can do OCVS to OCVS, or you can do the multi-site replication, which basically means uh, multiple sites are replicating to a single recovery site. And all of those configurations are possible with the Oracle Cloud VMware solution. Um, I have basically done a test for validating one of the customer use case, and that was really interesting. So I had one of the file share, which was backed by OCIFS. I basically pointed this particular file share to be accessible uh, with, with the networks on both the side, which is protected as well as the recovery side, and then triggered the, uh, the, the recovery uh, plan, which basically recovers the workload on the recovery side. So uh, what it does, it basically recovers the workload, but at the same time, it doesn't lose the connection with the NFS file system that you have exported on both protected as well as the recovery site. So the point that I'm trying to make is, once you are on the public cloud infrastructure, you can consume the public cloud services. You can have all the uh, networking in place between primary as well as the recovery site. And then you can basically replicate the data between the sites and recover the workload as and when it is needed. So um, that, that's ki kind of a very interesting use case where you are recovering the workload on, 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 on the DR side, but at the same time, you have continued access to your cloud native services that you have been accessing. Nice. Well, if you're going to do a failover, you have to fail everything over, or you have to be able to fail everything over. It's, you know, it's that's always been a challenge. Yes. It's particularly on the cloud native services side of people, you know, well, everything's a VM. I just SRM or, you know, call it a day, but it's like, oh, if I'm consuming database as a service and, and I'm getting DNS, you know, it's, you kind of ended up in that situation of like, well, what happens if I had failover, but I forgot to put a domain controller on the other side? Oh, auth is broken, NTP is broken, <laughs> DNS is broken. Well, nothing works. You know, it's you've you've got to have as we increasingly build these you know crazy meshes of cross-dependent services. Like we no longer live in an era where someone stands up an application and it's one VM running a, a database and a front end and a middleware just all clown card into that one VM. Like no, 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 we got a microservices thing and yeah. forty places and create all these dependencies and load balancers in front of load balancers. And I don't even know why anymore. Got to have a story for that. And so it's, it's good that you can, you can tie that all together. Yeah. And you can, and you can fully automate it with, uh, with Aria is the assumption here. Yes. Yeah, so um, as I said, right, the default VMware SDDC bundle is vSphere, vSAN, NSX and VMware HCX and also ESXi uh, for your hypervisor. But along with that, you can certainly extend your uh, VMware SDDC to other VMware products and solution. And these VMware product, products and solution are VMware Aria Suite, Complete Suite, uh, CDS, which is still in technical preview, but it will be GA'd very soon. What is it called? Uh, then you can have CDS, uh, Cloud Director Service, VMware oh, okay. Cloud Director Service. Uh, then you have VMware uh, Site Recovery Manager for your disaster recovery. 
uh, and then VMware Horizon for your VTI. So the default SDDC bundle is certainly vSphere, vSAN, and SXT and HCX, but you can always extend your VMware SDD to, SDDC to other VMware products and solutions. Uh, and it, it does include VMware Aria as well. I like it. Well, we're running short on time. My last question for you uh, before I collect comments from the two of you is uh, VMware, VMware Explore. So I'm assuming there are going to be some sessions. Uh, is there anything that we want to share uh, on the show notes of this podcast related to what people can, where people can go to learn more about this, whether it's at VMware Explore or just any, any demos or good information we can share? Sure. So uh, we will have uh, one OCBS business overview session, which is delivered by Audrey Pian, who is my product marketing counterpart. And then I do have a technical deep dive session on Oracle Cloud VMware solution, where I will be deep diving into some of the OCI stuffs and also uh, some of the OCBS uh, deep dive things. So uh, these two sessions are approved, and I, I think these will be available on the content catalog very soon. Uh, we will also have uh, the booth, OCBS dedicated booth at VMware Explorer, and I will be available at that booth as well. So you can come and uh, join in with the conversation and you can pretty much ask anything about Oracle Cloud VMware solution. So certainly we can give you all the Explore related information. Um, in, oh, in you, the, you're uh, going to be a booth, babe? You're going to be a booth, babe, at oh, VMware yes. Explorer? Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I will definitely so. come there and bug you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that's it. Great. The booths where all the cool people hang out, Pete. I agree. I agree. That, that's a badge of honor. Listen, doing booth duty is probably, you know, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, man, I can't believe I got to be a booth. Aide. But then you end up having the best conversations there. That's where people come with the most technical questions, where people talk about their environments, where you can actually whiteboard, where you can show people solutions. Honestly, that's probably some of the more rewarding parts of Explore is having those deeper conversations. That and the, and the meet the experts, in my opinion, are the that's where the magic happens for Explore. Much, much more exciting than VBCs. You actually don't feel like you're in a claustrophobic <laughs> box. So Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. This is a really good introduction to OCVS. Uh, Jatan, I am sure we're going to be hitting you up for more uh, as time goes by, but I think this is a great introduction. Uh, John, I'm going to leave it to you for closing thoughts here. No, this is this is just cool. You've got all these locations, all these capabilities. Uh, as as a storage nerd, I I love the eight exabytes. I've already made a snarky tweet about this. So, yeah, this is this is fun stuff. You're tweeting while we're podcasting. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, all seriousness, uh, Jatin, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, uh, I extend the invitation. Open door policy. Anytime you want to come back. Thank you. Thank you so much, John, as well as Pete.